0: Christmas can be a weird time. We talked about that before we went into Christmas and New Year's, right? Didn't we? A little bit. About having interesting conversations with with family members, interesting conversations with people that you don't normally be around and you have to be around them just by proximity because you're required to do or you're obligated to do. And so what do we do in those seasons, in those time frames, in those moments where we're like, I don't really want to talk to that person. I don't really want to be around them. Well, we choose joy. We have this understanding, and and the Lord gave me a word right before Christmas, and we took this break. I'm so thankful, guys, that you allowed us to take this break, not that you had a choice, but thank you so much for allowing us to have a couple weeks off. We're just really just getting refreshed and taking some time off as a staff, not just the the young adults, leaders, and uh, staff members, but also church-wide as as a staff at Godspeak. We got to take a couple weeks off, which is really great, Um, and... Right before the new year, um, I talk about suffering a lot. Like, God, God brought that to my attention as I was just praying over this last couple of weeks. Like, I talk about suffering, I talk about like pain, I talk about storms, I talk about things that are like inevitably gonna happen because I, I, I feel like I, I've been through a lot of storms. And so I just want to tell you, like, they're coming. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and Jesus even promises like bad things are going to happen, but like, how, do we, how do we get through them? How do, we, how do we endure? Well, it's not about enduring it. It's about succeeding through it. And how we succeed through a storm is finding Jesus in the midst of the storm because we recognize that the peace that we receive from Jesus is not the taking away of hard times. It's not the taking away of storms, but it's finding Jesus in the midst of it. It's, it's finding the, the idea, the perspective of who Jesus is and say, Lord, what do you want me to do right now? Not woe is me, not bad things are happening, not batting down the hatches and embrace for destruction. No. Lord, what are you trying to teach me through this? Who am I supposed to serve through this? Lord, I surrender my life unto you so that you can use my suffering as a witness for your glory. And we talked about story of Joseph. We talked about how the fruit of our suffering in a season which we don't understand can cause the fruit that provides sustenance when someone else is going through what? Famine. And how if we surrender unto the Lord, and there's this thing of fruit, when we surrender unto the Lord in a time of stress, and a time of tempting, in a time of, of storms and, 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 and trials, the things that we're learning, the stories that we're gaining, the perspective that we have now can be the fruit in which gives someone else encouragement, sustenance, peace, access to Jesus when they're going through their own famine, when they're going through their own storm. And there's nothing more fulfilling on this planet than being used by God according to his purposes. It's not the marriage thing. It's not the job thing. It's not fame and fortune and having the car and having the dog and having the cat, whatever it is that you strive to have or strive to be. No, no, no. It's being used by God in accordance to his purposes because he's doing something in and through you that he designed you for, that he put you on this planet to do. And you start walking in that whew, There's nothing better. an amen to that. So oh man, I'm excited. I'm I'm going to do a little preaching today. Um, <laughs> I'm excited because because I'm I'm doing something different for me. I'm 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 taking a step of faith. I'm, I'm 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 getting stretched. The Lord is stretching me. I took 2 weeks off. Kelly and I, my wife, we took a road trip. We're like we're just going to go one of our favorite places to visit is Jackson Hole, Wyoming. So we went to Jackson. We did different stops on the way and we just kind of made a road trip out of it and it was great. And, and what was really cool is that that last song that we were just singing, Defender, was a really unique moment in our, in our car ride on the way back because we drove through a snowstorm. But there's this really pretty stretch of highway where it was just like blanket of snow, and it was like in a movie. Like just the snow was falling, but the sun was shining. And this song came on, and Kelly's like, oh, man, it's so perfect. God, is so good. And she was so excited, like, get you a spouse that enjoys worship. Get you a spouse that that wants to worship with you and gets excited about what the Lord is doing. I was I was like, yeah, this is awesome. (laughs) I tried to take a picture. I'm like driving, ice everywhere. But like, it's those moments where I'm just like, man, Lord, you're so you're so good, you're so great. And what what am I supposed to be doing for you this year? What what did I not do last year? How can I get better? What what are the things and I'm going to get into some clichés tonight? We're going to be talking about fasting? Oh my gosh, it's the new year. We're going to be talking about fasting? What a shocker. But that's what the Lord put on my heart. So that's where we are. I'm obedient to him. We're talking about fasting. Someone say hungry. You say hungry? Wow, you guys can actually talk. Congratulations. I'm so, like, I I want to, I'm I'm a personal trainer tonight. I'm going to stretch you guys out. Mm -hmm. That's what we're doing. Don't make it weird. I'm stretching you all out, okay? Some of us need it, including myself. We need to get stretched by the Lord. Because if not, we're just going to get stagnant and brittle. (laughs) You can be like me a year and a half ago, throwing my hip out. (laughs) Because I'm not stretching enough, you know what I mean? I want the Lord to stretch me so I'm nimble, so I'm ready. You know what I mean? Gosh, that's cheesy. I need to stop. But what I mean is that I am getting stretched because I am going to do a series. What? We're still going through the word exegetically. But we're going to do a series called Living Victoriously. Living Victoriously. As I was praying, and I was meditating, and, and just inevitably, when, when you're on long car rides, like, the passenger falls asleep, right? If you're on a road trip, like, and I'm just by myself, no music on, I'm just praying. Just getting to the nitty-gritty, I'm just complaining. I'm, I'm being candid with you. I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated about the, all the things, I'm like, this is wrong, this, i want, and you just kind of go through it, right? But you're being honest with the Lord, and he starts talking to you. And you're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't want to think about that. And I'm praying for this ministry, and I'm praying for you guys. And, and, and I'm like, well, this is, and, and you start getting the, the chirping, the doubt, in your ear, like, oh, this isn't going to go anywhere. You're going to move, blah, 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 blah. You're not called to be a pastor, and you just start hearing the enemy like, oh, what is that? And you just, Get away from me, Satan. <laughs> right? Take that thought captive. And you start praying. You start listening to worship music again, and you start praying. God said, what are you hungry for? What am I hungry for? I'm always hungry. (laughs) What are you hungry for? Are you hungry for me or are you hungry for you? You want to see breakthrough in your life? This is God talking to me, right? If it speaks to you, awesome. But James, you want to see breakthrough in this ministry? You want to see breakthrough in your life? You want to see breakthrough in your marriage? You go down the list. I'm just like, you want to see breakthrough? Are you hungry for me? Are you hungry for the plan in which you think is right? What happened? God led me to listen to a sermon on fasting. I'm like, I'm teaching on fasting. (laughs) But we're in the book of Acts. I can't be teaching on fasting. Like, that doesn't make any sense. And then it was like... We're going to be in Matthew 6 tonight. We're going to be in the, 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 the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to be talking about the Beatitudes. We're going to be talking about Jesus. We're going to be talking about living victoriously, living for God, because how that connects with the book of Acts is that we had Jesus for a, a short amount of time on earth, and he was telling the disciples, telling the followers how to live a Christian life, a kingdom life, a victorious life. And then Acts is the first account of people trying it, <laughs> and sometimes failing miserably but figuring it out and being led by the Spirit and doing things that no one else had done in the history of time. So the foundation of the book of Acts should be the Sermon on the Mount. How to live a godly life. How to live in such a way that you have hope in eternity. Not the things that are going to fade away or rot or rust. So me a book... Of Matthew tonight. And I'm gonna jump right into the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. And next week, who knows where we're gonna be, but we're just gonna jump around, because I'm feeling froggy. (laughs) Who knows? We might be in a completely different book. Who knows? I'm trying trying to get stretched out. You know what I mean? (laughs) Sometimes you guys know where I'm headed because you read ahead in the book, you read in in the next chapter of Acts, you're like, oh, I know what he's gonna talk about tonight. Tonight, who knows? I'm going to let the Lord take over. Amen? You know, it was funny. I had this epiphany as I was praying, as I was studying, as I was reading, and just going over, like, we serve a living God. Right? You recognize that? Like, it's not a God who just came down 2,000 years ago, and we're just reading this textbook, we're reading this history book about things that happened in the past, And then somehow we get a ticket to heaven through access to the historical book that we have in the Bible. Like we just dust it off. Oh, there's some great stories. I know that I'm probably a bad person sometimes, so I know I need that ticket to heaven. About that God who lived in the past. Do we serve a God who's living and breathing right now? Who's talking to us? Who cares for us? Do we believe in a God of miracles? and a God of prophecy? Ooh, sounding a little charismatic. How dare you? We're in Calvary Chapel. We keep the gifts of the Spirit in the closet. We might believe in them, but they're over there. No, I want to be stretched because I serve a living God. I want to see miracles. I want to see prophecy. I want to see all of us get stretched. Why not? What are we hungry for? More of the same? Or something better? Something greater? Something deeper than we've ever experienced anywhere else? If not now, when? <laughs> this year, 2024, I'm just going to speak. It's going to be a crazy year. For us as Americans, we're going into an election year. We know things are about to pop off. We don't know what's going to happen. Aliens are coming. Booker's going to run for office. Whatever happens, whatever happens, we know that it's going to be smoke and mirrors. We know that people are going to get devastated. We know that things are going to get crazy. But I promise you that the Lord is going to do mighty things this year. Great things this year. Because we know what happens at the end of the book. I don't know what jersey you're wearing, but I'm wearing the kingdom jersey. I know that I have the ring at the end of the game. Anybody watch the national championship last night? No. Yes, maybe a few of you. Okay, national championship college football happened last night. Get a life, people. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I barely watched the the end of the fourth quarter. What I'm saying is it doesn't matter how the game started. I know how the game ends. And I want to make sure that I'm a part of the team on the field. And I have that same desire for you guys as well. So if you guys want to stand with me for the reading of the word, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 21. We're going to be talking about fasting. We're going to be talking about giving. Dirty word in a church. We're talking about praying. But it shouldn't be a dirty word, Amen. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Take heed, this is Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount, right in the middle. Take heed that that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, that they have their reward but when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may not be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will, uh, will himself reward you openly. That's a promise. Verse 5, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to the Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. For your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Verse 14, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men and their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Moreover, when you fast, third spiritual discipline, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward, but when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father who is in a secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly another promise. Verse 19, to wrap it up, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and there will be thieves who do not, do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's our passage tonight, let's pray over it. Gracious Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you that you are living and breathing. This isn't a collection of old books and old stories that we get to read about and try and live a moral life, Lord. No, you are an active God. You are an intentional God. I pray that your spirit would indwell this place tonight and that it would be overwhelming. Father, we'd be able to feel your presence. Father, I pray that this would be a new year in which we would give more to you, surrender more to you, get excited for the things that you're doing in our life, and maybe have hope for the first time in our lives that there would be new relationships, that there would be families born, that there would be unbelievable things that we never imagined happen this year. Father, we ask that your will, will be done and our will would go. We love you so much. I pray that you move my flesh out of the way and that you speak openly and freely tonight. And all these things we pray. Amen. You guys can be seated. I love that her name is God Speak. God Speak. I thought it was such a weird name when I first came to the church. They're just making up words now. <laughs> just putting two. You guys, you can't do that. God Speak Calvary Chapel. It's not God spoke. It's not God said. God speaks. Right now, God is speaking. It's active. And, and I, I, I challenge you guys, and I want you guys to, to have an understanding that is God actually speaking to you right now in your life? Maybe maybe you're doing the things, maybe you're, you're talking to God or you're, you're, you're coming to church and you have your Bible in your hand and, and you're kind of putting things together and you're like, yeah, I'm a Christian. Because when Jesus spoke in this regard and he's talking about three main things, three spiritual disciplines, and one we only regularly really talk about in church, which is praying. Because if I start talking about money, what happens? Cringe. Is this prosperity gospel? There's another pastor asking for money. Fasting. No one wants to fast. No one wants to be hungry. In America, we're we're inundated. We have so much food, we don't know what to do with it. Right. Like, sometimes we'll go over here for a burger, but you don't really like the fries over here. So you're going to go over here for the fries, but the shakes aren't really that great. So you're going to go over here for the shake. And then you're, you're going to pick all the different places that you... And I'm talking about myself here, okay? I'm not trying to judge you guys. I'm just saying, like, there are different things, like in and out fries, hello. But what I'm saying is there are preferences, and we have so much food, so much abundance, that, that the idea of fasting is like, well, maybe, maybe I'll do a social media fast. Or maybe um, I'll fast from sugar. I really need to figure out my weight. (laughs) And we're getting beyond the point in which God was after, which was, are you hungry for me? Because when you fast and when you pray and when you give, it costs you something. But the normal gospel we hear is, what can I get? This church promises me love. This church promised me affection and all my wildest dreams come true. I'm here to tell you tonight that that's not what you want. Those things might be great in the short term, but but if you're not seeking what God wants for you, then you're settling for less than what he has. And having an understanding of what God wants for you costs you something. It costs you something. you got to do the work. Someone say hungry. Oh, you said it this time. See, it costs you something. You snapped out of it. You actually said the word hungry. Think of how many words I have to say in a sermon. (laughs) I've only asked you to speak twice. (laughs) But it was a no... Okay, three times. Thank you. Sorry. But what I'm saying is it costs you something. Just a little bit of an inch. How can you be stretched this year? Guys, we have a very real enemy. We don't just have a God that's living, we have an enemy that's living that wants to kill, steal and destroy your life. He wants your life. He wants your throat. He wants your dreams. He wants your breath. He wants you to settle for something less than what God has for you. He wants to remind you of your inadequacies, remind you of your fear, remind you of what you're insecure about and say you're not good enough. But God wants to remind you that you have a seat at his table. You're a child of the living King. You wear that with pride. You walk and talk like you're a son or a daughter of the king. There's an edge, there's a confidence that you have, not in yourself, right, but of what the Lord says about you, what the Lord says about us. And in those moments where the enemy attacks you and thwarts you and says that you are not worthy of love, not worthy of success, not worthy of of God doing anything with you, you get to take that and say, no. His word says different. My life is a living sacrifice unto the Father and he's gonna use me as he sees fit. I'm gonna wear that with pride. I'm gonna wear that with honor. So we're doing these things not just to get by, I'm not telling you to fast. I'm not telling you to give. I'm not telling you to pray to just get by. I want you to live victoriously in the calling which God has given you. What is not worth fasting over? You want to get married? You want to have children? You want to have a job? You want to? Are you gonna fast over it? You're gonna pray over it? You're gonna give t- time to God? Sometimes time can come in the form of money because it's a representation of physical representation of the time in which you worked. What is so important that you can't fast? Is it just I, I can't? I can't? I can't fast because I don't have time. Right Or I I can't give up something because, you know, it's just not really a great time for me. And yet, this was a pinnacle of the faith as an early Christian. To fast, to give, to pray. Some of us, it's just a stretch to even pray. For the last year and a half, two years of young adults, we've broken up. For some of us that have been here this entire time, we've broken up into circles, we pray, and it's awkward, and I don't really know how to talk, and you, and you do those things in public. But are you, if, if you're not comfortable in public, are you praying behind closed doors? Let's not even get into the fasting or to the giving yet. Are you praying in such a way that you're actually revealing your heart unto the creator of the universe? Because if you can do that, that's a great foundation. That's a great start. Let's work with that. I can work with that. God can work with that. But Jesus getting to the heart of the issue is said, do not be a hypocrite. Do not be an actor. This is where we get the Greek word for actor. Do not put on the clothes. Do not say the things that you need to say. God knows our heart. And when we're putting on a show, he knows it. And when you pray before men, you got the eloquent, the eloquent, 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 eloquent. I'm not eloquent. The eloquent prayers, you can say things, you can have this long laundry list of all the things in which you pray. And you got the vernacular and you got all the words down. God says, that's your reward. Everyone gets to see how amazing you are at prayer. I don't care about the length of your prayer. I care about the weight of your prayer. Is it genuine? Is it heartfelt? Or is it a show? Stretching some people tonight, right? Stretching myself tonight, right? I got a funny joke, but I'm not going to say it. So take heed that you do not do charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Here we're talking about not only doing charitable deeds, but actually giving alms. It's part of Jewish custom. Actually giving out your money to the poor, giving your money to the the church or the synagogue at the time. We talk about tithing. Tithing is not a percentage that we talk about in in the New Testament like we did in the Old Testament for Levitical law. It's under 10% thing. Though it's it's a great standard to have, but giving costs you something. And I'm going to encourage you guys, if you guys have never given a tithe before, if you've never given to a homeless before, if you've never stretched yourself in that capacity, recognize that God wants to do something there. Recognize that there is more to be found, and, and not where the money goes, but what God is doing in the process that you even realize. If you're offended that I'm talking about giving here or tithing here, don't give here. Give somewhere else. I'm just encouraging you because of the benefit that you get when you stretch yourself in this way. If this is an area that you're not good at, I'm asking you guys to get stretched this year. I'm asking you guys to partake this year. I'm asking you guys to dive into your relationship with Jesus this year. What does that look like? Well, I'm broke hey, oh, we're in California, we're all broke. But the reality is, is that you just gotta start somewhere. And maybe you don't have the financial capacity, you're just living on credit cards at this point, and you don't have the ability to give. Well, the thing is, is that you can also give of your time. You can also serve that's gonna cost you something. You can also give in such a way that's gonna bring other people joy. But don't let it stay there. Guys, this is not prosperity gospel, but there is a promise. God is going to reward you openly for the things you do privately. When you're giving, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Obviously, that is metaphorical because you can't, unless you're bipolar and have two different sides of yourself, like you recognize that you can't give without one, Okay, I'm not going to go. You guys get it. We're going to keep going. <laughs> But what I'm saying is that we're not doing it in the streets. We're not posting on social media. I had this roommate in college. It was so cringy, and I totally smacked him upside the head. And, and it was like, speck in your eye, log in mine, totally get it. I was a total idiot in college. But like my friend was literally giving his shirt off his back to a homeless guy, and he was taking pictures of himself. Flexed abs. I'm giving my shirt to this homeless man just like Jesus did, what would Jesus do? I was <laughs> like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> I showed him this verse. He's like, ah, I'm such an idiot. I'm like, yeah, we're all learning, bro. You recognize that, like, if we're, we're giving in such a way, we're like, man, I did this for this, this purpose, and, and, I, and I did all these things, and, and God be praised, and blah, 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 blah. Are you talking about what you did or what God is doing? because I'm not saying to hide your works so that it won't be known, because God clearly says that you're not supposed to hide your works. But are you doing it with the right intention? Are you getting stretched in a way that God only knows? Because the reward of getting stretched in that capacity is something that is God's business totally. I'm not going to give you a percentage. I'm not going to say, you give $20, he's going to multiply it by 10 and give you $200 back in some different way. That's, that's not my deal. What we get back, that's totally in God's court. But the idea, and he follows up at the end of this, right, in the last few verses, that where your treasure is stored up is where your heart is. So many people are investing into the temporary, We're investing trying to save up for the house or save up for the car or save up for the ring. or save. Those are not bad things, but if that is the entirety of our life, if that is the entirety of our focus, you're missing the point. And God wants to do something with you and stretch you. But the thing is, is that in order to have the right perspective, you have to have the right relationship. And that starts with prayer. And then he goes into prayer and he said, don't be like the Pharisees. Don't sound the trumpet. Don't go into the, and and I'm not saying public corporate prayer is a bad thing. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is, is that if you don't have a private prayer life, you probably shouldn't have a public prayer life. Like, are you in the closet? Are Are you spending time with Jesus away from anyone else? Or is it only when your friends or your family or your your spouses or whatever it is is around? Are you just doing it so that other people can see? Are we just acting? I don't want to just act. And I don't want you guys to just act. It's not that Jesus is prohibiting public prayer. But it's that our prayer should be directed towards God and not men. It's not in such a way that people can see how great we are. It's rather to point people to how great God is. And then what happens when this genuine prayer, when we ask and we seek and we pray and God hears us and God moves and then prayers are answered and testimony is born and fruit is produced and people are saved for eternity as a result of genuine prayer and God moving on behalf of that prayer. You want to know how to move God? You get in alignment with his will. You want to know how to get in alignment with his will? You fast. It's not the only way, but it's a great way. We see all throughout Scripture, men and women fasting. Do you guys like food? Am I the only one that likes food? No. And food's like super important, right? Like literally the first sin on the planet was the eating of food. <laughs> and what did she do in her time of temptation? She was probably hungry. I got this piece of fruit. Obviously, I'm projecting this is not scriptural. This is me (laughs) just totally making this up. Do not take this to heart. But what I'm saying is that there is important understanding that God gives the provision of sustenance of our life. God created the mechanisms for us to eat something, to digest something, and for us to, to live off of that. It's not by accident that Jesus calls himself the bread of life. Food is important. And when you abstain from it and you're only looking to hear from the Lord, you're going to get tempted in that time. You're going to get tempted to to be the worst of your... You guys ever fasted before for like a day or two? Are you just angry and pissed off? Like, it was like right around day three that you're like, okay, okay. I think I'm completely wasted away. All right, God, what do you want? (laughs) But the thing is is that the worst of ourselves can come out when we're not having the proper sustenance. When you're not getting fed the proper food or even junk food, (laughs) whatever floats your boat. But as you're taking away, it's, it's actually a discipline, right? You're saying no to something in order to hear from God. And I've said it before and I say it again, the best version of ourself is the most disciplined version of ourself. But again, that requires something of us. And disciplining ourselves in the capacity of specifically fasting, I'm gonna encourage all of you guys to do at some point. And maybe it's not a complete food fast. I'm sorry if I made fun of anyone that was just fasting from social media or the sugar or whatever. Just start somewhere. Somewhere where your focus is. Somewhere where you're you, you just, day in and day out, you're, you're doing it. Start there. Get to the food fast. But let me tell you, God can really speak to you during a food fast. You're about to propose to somebody. I recommend fasting and praying. I fasted before I proposed to Kelly. I wanted to hear from the Lord. I'm like, Lord, if this is not of you, I don't want it. I don't want this covenant with this woman if I'm not completely sure this is you. I fasted, and it didn't take long. God was like, green light. I was like, okay, <laughs> go eat a burger. But the thing is, is that there's important decisions that we have in our life, and if, if we're just willing to just give up our temptation to give up our sustenance, to give up something, the Lord will speak to us. But don't do it in such a way. And Jesus talks about the heart again here. Don't do it in such a way that everyone knows about it. Where you're curling your face and you're posting on social media, day two and a half of the fast. It's going, God is so good. Right? And (laughs) that's your reward. That's the worst part about it, is that if you proclaim it from the rooftops that you're fasting, God says, that's your reward. Like, (laughs) You're not doing this for me. You're doing it for you. What are you hungry for? Are you hungry for the attention? Are you hungry for for other people to notice you? Are you hungry for for maybe losing a few pounds after the the holidays? I know I've been there. I'm fasting for Jesus. Lost 10 pounds already, baby. (laughs) Like, come on, man. Don't be silly. Guys, I, I, I'm presenting these things to you because this is what Jesus said: to give, to pray, to fast. Spiritual disciplines that are going to get you to a life in which God has called you to live. Can you get there just by praying? Yeah. You don't have to fast. You don't have to give. You don't even have to pray. But it's to your benefit if you do. These are tools in which God is giving us to be successful in this life for his kingdom. And so as we're going into this new year, I want you guys to be stretched a little. I want to ask you guys, invite you guys, challenge you guys to a place in which maybe you've never been before to give a little bit more, to pray a little bit more, to fast for the first time or just a little bit more and saying, God, nothing is as important as you are. God, I am giving you everything. My life is a living sacrifice. I think it's hilarious that he gives us a way to pray, Right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Like we all know that prayer. And you guys play sports and, and prayed that prayer before, like the sports game. Like you kind of just mumble your way through. Uh, I forgot that word. You uh, forgive us our debtors, or forgive us And you're, like, <laughs> and it's kind of like this blanket prayer that you're like, all right. Checked all the boxes. This is what Jesus said. It's literally Jesus says, do not pray repetitious like the heathens, like the people do that don't understand what they're doing or what they're saying. He's just getting us a model of prayer. We'll get into the model of prayer down the road, but what I'm saying is that it's not just to say it, just to say it. He's getting to the heart of it. I want you to pray. He's after your heart. He's after our heart. When you pray, when you fast, when you give, it all boils down to this reality that Jesus is after your heart. Jesus wants to give you the perspective in which he has on this world. And when you have eternal goggles on, when your perspective is on eternity, your priorities shift. Your priorities are different. And that's exactly what is accomplished when you fast. You allow God to shift your priorities in alignment with his will. And that's what we want. We want to be in his will. We want We don't want to be actors. I don't want you guys to be actors. I don't care what you post on social media. I don't care what you tell your friends. Where is your heart? Where's your relationship with Jesus? How are you walking? What is the fruit in your life? I want to encourage you guys. I want to give you hope. I want to strengthen you guys. I want you to live victoriously in such a way that that, that God can be seen through the way in which you live your life. What is different about you? What is this light on your life? What is it the way in which you interact with people that's so different than anyone else? Well, that's Jesus living in me. I'm convicted by that because I am just naturally like an angry like looking dude. People think I'm just pissed off and I'm just not even thinking about them. I'm not even going to say the acronym. But I got one of those faces and it's resting. You know what I mean? But what I'm saying is, I don't want to be known for being an angry man. I want to be one that is kind and loving and generous and encouraging and gives hope and points people back to Jesus. Well, how do you do that? How do you reshape your face? your spirit, your heart. You are what you spend the most time with. And that is people, places, or things. I want to spend time with Jesus so that I can look like Jesus. But not just look like Jesus on the outside, act like Jesus on the inside. You have an understanding that we're, we're called to live in such a way that we're trying to, 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 to literally cut our flesh away so that we look and live and breathe more like Jesus. So that other people will come to the the reality of who he is. You're uncomfortable that I talked about giving and tithing tonight? Good, that means you're paying attention. But why does it make you uncomfortable? No one talked about Jesus or hell more, or giving or hell more than Jesus. I'm dyslexic and I'm preaching. God can do amazing things, amen? But the reality is that God has given all of us gifts. You want to tap into those gifts? You got to surrender your life. And when you come to the reality of understanding that the gifts in which you have been given are not for yourself, but rather for others, then you can start using them. Then there's fruit to be found. Kelly and I went to Jackson Hole and I've talked about this before and you guys know that I ride horses and that Kelly and I do the thing and we're not cowboys because we don't work with cows but since Yellowstone, I'm going to talk about it, since Yellowstone there's a lot of like fake cowboys up there and like Jackson's like one of the worst places and it's like, it's become this mecca of like all these different stores where you can buy these $800 hats and have like, you know, the... the the light ring to take social media posts about, like, how awesome your your cowboy fit is, and, like, it it just, it bugs the heck out of me, right? Like, and and no, I'm not judging. All I'm saying is that you know that they're fake. You know that they're not the real deal. They got the shiny boots on. They got the nice cowboy hat. They have to go roll around in the dirt to get dirty in order to get the right picture, Right? And, and it's funny, because Kelly and I, like, we work with horses, but we don't call ourselves cowboys. I don't care if you call yourself a cowboy. That's not, that's not the point here tonight. What I'm saying is, is that, first off, find yourself a spouse that you can people-watch with. Can I get an amen? And two, I don't want you to be fake cowboy Christians. What do I mean by that? I don't want you to, to, to get the right clothes, to have the right skinny jeans, to have the nice Bible, to say the right things to post the right things and not have a heart genuinely after Jesus. I don't want you to play the part. I want you to be the part. I want you to be on the field. I don't want you to just be a fan up in the crowd. You want breakthrough in your life? Start living how Jesus wanted us to live. Giving, praying, fasting. Great tools, simple Challenging, they're going to stretch you. I want the perspective that Jesus has so that I can live in the way in which Jesus wanted me to live. I want to get hungry for God, and I want to get hungry for what God is hungry for. It's hungry for people, for hearts. I want to see miracles. I want to see prophecy. I want to see words of wisdom. I want to see speaking in tongues. (gasps) My goodness. And for them to be rightly interpreted. I want to see a move of the spirit like we've never seen before. And God asked me on that car ride back down here to California. I said, what are you hungry for? Things I've never seen before. How are you gonna get there? I don't know. Pursue me and I'll pursue you. That's a promise God gives us. And we recognize that when we pursue him, that's when the fun starts. Because God starts moving. Because we serve a living God. Not a textbook God. He is actively in tune with every single situation, every thought, every encounter, every conversation in your life. We serve a great, mighty, omnipotent God, but He is a God who is specifically and intentionally involved in your life because He's so faithful and He's so great and He's so loving and He's so kind. A God up in heaven that can hold the expanse of the universe in his hand who sent his son to die for us. And after his son was crucified on a cross, buried in the ground, resurrected after the third day, he ascended up to the heaven and he said, there is someone greater coming for you. It's better that I leave. I don't take that for granted. The Holy Spirit is living and dwelling in me and hopefully all of you. So, what does that look like for you? If you had a touch of the Holy Spirit, what does that look like for you? Does that freak you out? Figure out why it freaks you out. But I want to see change. I want to see miracles. I want to see great things from my great God. I want to live victoriously in accordance to His will to give Him the glory of everything that He's doing. I don't want you to be a fan. I've given this analogy before and I'll give it again. You could have the jersey. It's going to be a football analogy, sue me. You can buy the cleats, you can have the helmet. You can know the schedule, you can know the offense, the defense, the special teams, and you can be on the front row of the stands in the end zone screaming your head off every single week you're losing your voice. And you're so excited. You're part of the team because because you're screaming. You get to be part of the crowd. And everything that's happening, you're just so excited. And at the end of the season, there's a championship game. And what happens after there's a win in a championship game? The team rushes the field. It's like you being a fan with a full getup on, you're fully decked out in a uniform. You could jump out on the 10 yard line and just start playing. You don't know the you don't know nothing, but you are dressed to the nines. The team just wins the championship game and you run up to the coach, woo, we did it, baby. We did it. I'm a, I'm a ring size number 10. I can't wait to kiss that trophy, baby coach looks at you. Who are you? James Crawford. You're number one fan. I've been here every step of the way. I've, I've listened to every interview that you have. I know all the scores and all the stats and all the downs. I've been there every single day that you have been here. That's great. I don't know who you are. You are not part of the team. You may look like it, you may know the plays, you may know what to say, but you are not out on the field. You are not sweating, you are not bleeding, you are not crying with this team. You are not linked arms with this team. I don't know who you are. The scariest verse in the entirety of Scripture, in my opinion, comes out of this same sermon, out of Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied? In your name, cast out demons in your name. Done many wonders in your name. Verse 23, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. You who practice lawlessness. Whew! I don't know a lot of people that prophesy and get it right. I don't know a lot of people that are casting down demons on the regular. are doing great wonders in his name. Does that mean I don't know any real Christians? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the qualification for being on the team, what makes you different from being a fan to a team member, is obedience. You answered the call. I'm not big enough. I'm not strong enough. I don't, I don't know what to do. It doesn't matter. Get on the field. I don't have what it takes. Shut up. Get on the field. Sometimes we need that from Jesus. Amen. Shut up. Get on the field. We've got the best flipping quarterback in the league. Can I get an amen? <laughs> and he's going to take care of business. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit on our team. <laughs> He said right here, depart, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. If there's no law, if there's no discipline, if there's no obedience, you're not really following my ways. You're not understanding how I told you to live. And so we're going to go into this series as, as we talk about what it looks like to live victoriously. I can ask the worship team to come back up but i want you to live in such a way that is going to cause people to take notice that there is something miraculous happening in our lives and some simple tools in which to do that is giving praying and fasting simple tools if you're not fasting you're probably not praying if you're not praying you're probably not giving They almost go hand in hand, but they're all a reflection of where our heart is. And these are simple spiritual disciplines that Jesus gave us to live in such a way that we can understand his still small voice, discern when it is him and not us. So I want you guys to live in this new year with hope, with expectation, with excitement, knowing that God is gonna do great things. I'm gonna say it right now, it's gonna be a hard year but it's gonna be a good year. If you guys wanna join me now in prayer, maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you've never taken a step in that pool. Maybe tonight's the night. But I want you guys to recognize that there is a great God and he loves you tremendously and he gives us the roadmap and the way in which to live this life, to live in such a way that's gonna be victorious. And victory is not by our standards, but by his. And we see that by the reading of the book of Acts, right? They all end up dead. (laughs) But man, they're experiencing eternity in a great fashion. So let God define what is victory in your life. Let's pray. Gracious Father, thank you so much for today, Lord. Thank you for just the tools, the, the, the equipping of these things, Lord. Maybe, maybe the giving is, is, is hard for some of us. Maybe the praying is even hard for some of us. We don't know what to pray or how to pray. Father, I pray even in fasting that we would just start. That we would just look to accomplish something. I say, Lord, we, we give you our surrendered lives in such a way I'm gonna fast for six hours. I'm fast for two hours. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give $10. I'm going to pray for 10 minutes. Whatever it is, Lord, I just pray that all of us would be challenged to take the next step in our faith, that we would not be stagnant in our faith, but we would be active and hopeful and growing in our faith, that we would be expectant of the things to come, that we would rejoice no matter what happens and give you praise because you're a faithful God. Remind us of your heart. Remind us of your love for us. Remind us in the darkest times of our lives how much you have done and how much blood you shed for us. That we are not an accident. That you deemed us worth it. Father, I pray that you would call all of us to our knees and surrender so that we can live this life the fullest of your abilities and calling, that we would not settle for anything less than what you have. Father, we give you the praise. We give you the glory. We give you the adoration, and we're excited about what you're going to do. Father, make us hungry. In all these things we pray. Amen.